Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey guys, this is Andrew Erickson with the ZonCon podcast, the Amazon conversation podcast. I am conversing with you, the audience, not with anybody else today, solo today. I just wanted to finish up the second part of a two-part series on the best books for private label sellers. Like I said in the last episode, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to reading. And uh, I actually read, I have to say, I read with my ears, not with my eyes. I'm always listening to a book from Audible on my phone. And today, I would like to finish up my list of the top eight books for Amazon sellers. I read something like 40 or 50 business books, and these are what I think are the top eight books for us, for the private label seller people. The first book I'd like to talk about is Alibaba, The House That Jack Ma Built by Duncan Clark. So this is a story of a poor kid from the slums of China who struggled to even get into college. He couldn't even pass the entrance exams. And he eventually got into college, built a business, and became the richest man in China. And that man is Jack Ma, the owner of Alibaba. And I think most of you guys know, most of you guys, when you learn how to find a new product, you probably go to Alibaba.com. Alibaba is used to connect wholesalers, manufacturers with people like us, the buyers or the brand owners. Alibaba is more than just a website to connect manufacturers with buyers, with the brand buyers. Alibaba is also basically the equivalent of Amazon and eBay and PayPal in China. It is such a huge company there. And the owner of that company. The founder is a man named Jack Ma. This book is his biography. And so it, the cool thing is that you kind of learn a lot more. Obviously, Jack Ma is a really interesting story about how he started out as a, as a poor child and then grew up to become, like I said, the richest man in China. But you learn a lot about Chinese culture and Chinese history through this book. It's hard to know much about China and when you start this business, knowing about China, it's one of the stumbling blocks that people have. And so I like reading books like this that kind of give you a little glimpse into China. It's not a boring, like, these are the statistics of China. It's much more fun. It's like, here's a story of a boy and how and what happened to him as he grew up. It also talks about some other things, too, that are really interesting and sad with the Chinese history of during the cultural revolution and the economics, you know, the kind of the slump and then the success of the Chinese economy. And so that's a really good insight into China and also really good insight into Alibaba. And of course, a business owner, Jack Ma, how he builds his business and why he builds it and how we can take a little bit, a few lessons from him on building Alibaba. The next book that I love is called Negotiation Genius by Deepak Malhorta. As the name implies, it's all about negotiation. I always kind of thought it was sort of a dirty word. I thought, okay, if you're good at negotiation, you're good at convincing people to give you more of their stuff. Just It's kind of like polite stealing. And I never liked that idea. I never thought, nah, I don't know. You negotiate, you haggle over a price. You're always kind of like going back and forth on who's going to pay more, pay less. And 
never liked it that much. This book completely changed my view of that 180. I now love the idea of negotiating. So he kind of defines it as a way to explore the possible deals you can do with people. Okay. But so he also has some very uh, kind of practical advice, like how to negotiate from a position of weakness, how to get others to reveal their motives. And if you're not a hardball negotiator, these are some of the tips of doing nice negotiation. It helps you get creative with negotiations. Here's a perfect example of an awesome negotiation that I kind of did based off of this book. I wanted to reduce my lead time in China, right? The, the manufacturing lead time. My stuff was taking 60 days to be produced and then 30 days to ship. And of course, I want to keep three months of inventory. And so I'm looking, I'm projecting six months out, which I don't like doing. It's very hard with when you're launching new products and trying to produce stuff for, for the Christmas rush. It's hard to project six months out and scary to do that kind of stuff too. And so one thing that I realized I could do is ask, how can I reduce the lead time? The manufacturer kept saying, no, 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 can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. The product takes too long to produce. And I started asking, so how come it takes so long? Why does it take so long? How can we reduce that? And he kept telling me, no, 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 you can't do these things. And then I started exploring the whole term of why. And the big thing is, if I could offer him basically a guarantee that I will be ordering from him again in three months, six months, 12 months, he could prep the raw material, he could prep it for me as long as I gave him a rough estimate of how much I needed. And once I did that, he could reduce the lead time by 30 days because he could prep it ahead of my order, as long as I kind of gave him a rough estimate. And so that was killer for my business. Now I just reduced my lead time from 90 days to 60 days by doing that. And that was like one of the biggest accomplishments I got of 2018, actually. And it was right after reading this book. So that's one of the type of things you can get with these negotiations is, is changing your terms, changing your lead time, whatever, right? That's just one example of doing a good negotiation. So I, I highly recommend that book, Negotiation Genius. The next one, I also love this book. My number two on my list of eight, that's The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. The E-Myth, E-Myth is, is short for Entrepreneurial Myth. But as the author says, entrepreneur is too hard of a word to spell. So <laughs> he just said e-myth. That's the same thing. Okay, the e-myth. I thought it was something weird like like the electronic myth or the email myth or something. Like, no, no, no. It's just the entrepreneur's myth. The entrepreneur's myth is what it's like to be an entrepreneur and what it's not like. And the myth is you just kind of like have an idea and then you just do it and you make a bunch of money. That's That's the myth. That doesn't really work. What you're really doing is you're becoming a business owner, right? When you are an entrepreneur, you are just a business owner. And the big thing in this book, I think the awesome thing from this book, I think many of you guys have heard this cliche, and that's because this cliche is from this book. You don't want to work too hard in your business. You want to work on your business. And that's actually a cliche that came from this book. The author actually talks about that he has this uh, nice little antidote story with this woman who is running a pie shop and she's utterly frantic because every single day because she has to wake up at four in the morning, go to her pie shop, bake a bunch of pies, then open the shop and receive all the money and then give the pies away and then close up shop and clean up and then do her bookkeeping at the end of the evening and then go home. And all that added up to 14, 15, 16 hours per day. 
and she was just crying with how much work she had to do, right? And the big thing in this book, he said, no, 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 don't do all that yourself. You want to hire employees and build processes and systems and checklists and have your business sort of run itself. And he talks about the franchise model. How can you build your business so that anyone can run it? The big thing is, imagine if you had eight of these shops, these pie shops, how could you possibly run that? Well, you have to build a system, hire employees, build a system so they know who is baking the pies, who's cleaning the shops, who's doing the books, and you do all that. And he talks about how to scale from basically a one-person company to a six-person company or a 10-person company or even from one to two employees. And that's one of the things that like I've really internalized this book in the last year and a half because as we mentioned in our last in our last few episodes, we've gone from a team of basically me doing it part-time to now a team of six. And so it gets me really excited and I really think about how can I build this into a process and a system so that we can do this over and over again and have it routine. So Emith, if you haven't hired an employee yet, this is the perfect book to kind of get you excited. Also, listen to our previous episodes on why and how to hire an assistant. Okay, my most favorite book of all time that's related to business is, drumroll please, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I love this book. This literally is a life-changing book. Okay, a lot of people criticize this book only because it's the best book ever. <laughs> I mean, you don't get criticism on boring books. You get criticisms on awesome books, right? So the names of the book is a little clickbaity. You know, the four-hour work week, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of a silly name, and he actually talks about it in the book, why it's named a silly name. But this book is all about how the author, Tim Ferriss, Timothy Ferriss, who has an awesome podcast, by the way, you should listen to it, Tim Ferriss, he got stuck working in his business, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And he ended up uh, getting to the point where he was almost on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And he decides that he needs to get his business to work well without him. Okay. And he just thinks, you know what? I might actually die. I'm so working so hard. So why kill myself over this business I don't care. I'm getting to the point now where I don't care if the business survives or if I survive. So I need to make sure I survive. And he then says, how can I spend six, 12 months building my business so that it runs itself and I can do other things besides running the business? And what he ends up doing is there's a few little like kind of tips and tricks. So he is a really big believer in the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle is the fancy word that people use, the 80-20, is what are the best 20% of things to do that will give you 80% of the results, okay? And it works both ways, too. What are the worst 20 things, 20% of things, that give you 80% of the gruff or the uh, anxiety in your life? Imagine your family. Okay, here's a perfect example of like a negative 80-20. Imagine your family members. How many family members do you have? 10, 15, 20 family members? Okay, how many of them cause the drama in your family? If you have 10 family members, is it caused by eight of them? No, I bet you it's caused by two of the people end up causing 80% of the drama, right? 
perfect example of an 80-20 right there, right? 2% of the family causes 80% of the drama, right? Probably 2% of your family also causes 80% of your like fun, lovely memories, right? And so in your business, you think about an 80-20, but for example, you might do that with your products. My product lines, I have over 50 SKUs that I stock right now, and I actually looked at the distribution and I found that yes, 20% of my SKUs give me 80% of my revenue. So I can, you know, internalize that and think, okay, I need to spend most of my effort on this 20%. I don't need to focus so much effort on these like lower end SKUs, but I'll, I'll keep selling them because I don't take that much effort once you've launched them. But the best 20% of the ones you want to spend your time on. So he has stuff like that. He also talks how to hire cheap labor overseas. And we've talked about that before, like how to hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines. And he's a big believer in that delegating his life out, his business life and his personal life out to these overseas people. And also he's one of the people who popularized A-B testing. A-B testing is when you have two options and you test both options, right? And you kind of just do sort of a scientific marketing challenge, right? And he uses the example of the book title, The 4-Hour Workweek. He A-B tests the name, I think what was one of the names was like White Sand and Broadband, okay? And the other title was Four Hour Workweek. And he drove Google ads to it to see which of those two titles people would actually click on the most. And it was Four Hour Workweek and ended up clicking on the most. And so he named the book that, which is kind of funny. Now, when he does this, why does he do this? He does this so that he can have an awesome life where he only, supposedly, only has to work four hours per week. And what he ends up doing is traveling the world, experiencing everything in the world, and he answers emails for like one hour per week, answers voicemails for one hour per week, he follows up with his employees one hour per week, and then does some other whatever stuff for one hour a week. So he ends up traveling around and doing only four hours of work per week. And of course, this has kind of been my mantra forever. I built up my business, worked a lot, hired employees, tried to cut away a bunch of the fat, and then I ended up spending this entire year traveling around the world, just like Tim Ferriss did. And so this guy is the ultimate lifestyle business guy. And so I think any private labeler could strive to be like this guy. And so that is my number one book. So to recap, the best eight books from parts one and two are The Compound Effect, The Everything Store, by Brad Stone, The Design of Everyday Things by Donald Norman, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Alibaba, The House That Jack Ma Built by Duncan Clark, The Negotiation Genius by Deepak Malhorta, E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And those are my eight favorite books for private label sellers. This has been Andrew with the Zoncom podcast. And I want you guys to subscribe to my chat bot and just message me and tell me what you thought of this episode. And also, please, please, please give me some reading suggestions. I love reading books. and I want to hear your suggestions. So if you want to subscribe to my chat bot, that is if you open up Facebook Messenger on your phone and go to the people search tab and type in Zon Con Podcast, it'll pop up and you'll see it. You can subscribe. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed these books and we will talk to you later. Yeah.